What is up? My name is Kevin Wu and I'm an online fitness coach who helps men in their 20s lose weight and get abs for the first time through mindset, nutrition, and training. That's enough about me. Let's get right into today's episode. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the Lids Inspire Podcast. Today, I do a Q&A with my clients. So every week, they send me check-in forms and they also send me some podcast topics. So this topic itself I'm covering over is going to be three main ones. Now let's go dive into this episode and see what they are. Questions for this one. All right. So basically the main kind of topics we're talking about today, no more people going to join in. So we're just dive right in right now though. So spotting unhealthy kind of foods that claim to be healthy. Also, how much does alcohol really affect you in terms of calories, macros? That was a specific question, but I'm also going to just throw in the progress side of things too, because like with either the calories and the macros, most people are associating that with the progress you're going to make and the results you're going to see. So you're going to dive into that one. Also bulking versus cutting. Now these are all podcast topics, not I keep calling it podcast topics, but questions that you guys always ask me on the check-in forms. So let's go right into them. So basically spotting unhealthy foods that claim to be healthy. Now this is a very interesting one itself because with today's kind of society and a lot of the foods we do see, there's like a lot of foods that claim to be healthy or trying to look healthy because we are not like, I guess, more of like a generation that's kind of, it's aspiring kind of to be healthy or looking forward to that or kind of promoting that fitness kind of standpoint. So the like that like before, I'd say back in the day, lots more commercials were just like, let's say the regular Coke, right? The regular Coca-Cola, but now you see a lot more like Coca-Cola zeros, Pepsi zeros. Right. So it's kind of like that and that aspect where they're shifting towards more of like the health kind of standpoint and trying to make all the foods seem more healthy. But not obviously not all foods are going to be healthy. And I actually could pull up a little PowerPoint that I made too as well to kind of demonstrate that. And a lot of people have misconception like what a healthy food is and what's is not. So let's kind of go right into it. Now, first is first things first, you definitely want to check the nutrition label. Right, always read the nutrition labels over here before buying any packaged kind of foods. This will help determine like the calorie amounts, serving size, and nutrient content. Now, pretty much if I pull up my Google Slides over here, let's get some kind of examples. Share my screen. Also, like buzzwords. There's a lot of buzzwords now, like let's say gluten-free, organic, low fat. Now, these terms can be misleading. I mean, it always indicates like a healthy kind of food. Right, so let's get some examples of some kind of like fake healthy foods and what exactly do I mean? So a lot of us kind of growing up, we always found like Nature Valley, granola bars, they're like the healthy food that we all kind of ate, probably all of us, right? And we always kind of thought about this as like what we kind of deemed healthy, right? And some other examples, you probably see my side, I'm gonna go over those ones. But when we actually kind of listen or go over more of the nutrition kind of standpoint on this one, like if you click this, you kind of see more of the nutrition standpoint. This is always where we look at. Let me move this out of the way. We always want to look at the pretty much nutrition kind of standpoint in terms of calories, protein, carbs, fats, and like the sugar amounts. Uh, sugar amounts are sugar nut is like it's something that's very like uh like uh, I'm, I'm not gonna say hit or miss in kind of in this fitness industry where people are like super super against it and that kind of standpoint where it's like every single gram of sugar is like the worst thing in the world and it shouldn't be kind of deemed that way. But when we're looking at healthy foods versus non-healthy foods itself, the biggest thing we want to kind of look for is like the ingredients, right? A lot of times when there is like this much sugar in such a small thing, this would not be like a healthier food. So 
first ingredient that's always listed in terms of nutrition kind of label is what it has the most of, right? So it always goes by in order. So this has the least amount of like um, natural natural flavor because that's a very, very bottom of the list over there. This has a second least amount, third least amount, but this has the most amount. So the most amount is whole grain oats and the okay, whole grain oats is okay, but a second most amount right away is the sugar, right? So if you see that's also third most amount is canola oil. Now, and yellow corn flour. Now those things aren't very great on that kind of aspect. And those are all kind of leading things in this ingredient kind of list, right? So when we kind of look at this itself. It's like, okay, the first ingredient is great. Second ingredient already is, you know, not so great. And a third one, not great, so great. Fourth one, not so great. We kind of, okay, is this really healthy food? And when we kind of look at this too as well, now I don't want to label foods as just like good or bad in that sense either, because I don't want to cause like a lot of like, um, bad relationships with food in that kind of standpoint, but I'd rather see it's like uh, like more healthy or like less kind of healthy in that standpoint or like what you should eat more of and what you should eat less of. And this is something I would be like, you should eat kind of less of, right? It's not going to fill you very much. It doesn't have much nutrition kind of standpoint. And this, most of them don't really list like the micronutrients or have much, like this one, like 4% kind of iron. And it's kind of like very a little, like pretty much like nothing else in that kind of standpoint. So it doesn't have much micro kind of nutrients. Right. So we kind of look at the nutrition labels on this one. That's a big thing. Now, this is also what we call a processed food. So this is one thing we want to look for too as well. Generally, things that are in a box, right, are more so processed foods, right? We want to get to most of our foods and cells. Basically, they're not boxes, pretty much at the grocery store, let's say when you go to apples, bananas, like lettuce and that stuff like that. They're not really filled like boxes, right? And that stuff usually could go bad or like in like, I don't know, like two weeks, maybe like a month or something like that versus these bars themselves. You put in them, you know, you're probably good for a zombie apocalypse in 10 years, 20 years, something like that, right? So those, all the preservatives are going to last you quite a while. And generally they're not going to be as great for you. What you generally want to look for is more so foods is one ingredient. So if this thing was literally just whole grain oats and obviously it wouldn't be more than and to be just oatmeal, that'd be great, right? Things are one ingredient are going to be much better standpoint. We look at potatoes, that's one ingredient. We look at chicken breast, that's one ingredient. We look at the ground turkey, that's one ingredient. And let's just say you went to the grocery store, something like that, and you bought some burger patties, and you kind of found the ingredient side of things, saw that, and it said like ground beef and like salt, maybe some spices, that'd be perfectly fine, right? That's that's great healthy food. Now, if it has a whole bunch of other shit, like ground beef, and it has like, I don't know, like 10 preservatives, a lot of like, I don't know, I don't know why like baking soda or like some syrups and all this less in inside of your ground beef patty. That might not be the best choice, right? So with that being said, you guys want to be aware of that stuff. So generally look for fresh ingredients themselves, not back foods is going to be a better source. Now also, let's go to the next slide. Oh, let's zoom things in my way. All right, Welch's. Welch's. Everybody probably had Welch's before. I thought these things were very great. In terms of a health standpoint, when I was a kid, I don't know how many guys did, but I did. And I'm like, wow, I can eat these amazing Welch snacks. They taste amazing. And they're fruit. I'm like, wow, look at me go. I'm getting my daily serving of fruit. But no, absolutely not. So when we actually go to the nutrition once again, this would kind of look for itself. Well, shit, this thing has 11 grams in this tiny little pack over here that's, you know, like this big. Okay, that's probably not the best, right? Uh, it's a lot of added sugars over there. And we see the ingredient kind of list. We see fruit puree, which is um, not great in the first place with corn syrup and sugar, modified starch, and a whole bunch of 
things and names that you probably can't really identify nor of, and that's probably not gonna be the best thing for you, right? So generally things, if you can't name them, and it has a lot of things like this, it's probably not gonna be the best thing for you anyways. And when we look at the standpoint itself, is a lot of things with added sugars, you probably don't want to get much up either, right? Because let's say, I mean, even with like jams, fruit jams, there's a lot of ones like no added sugar, and there's a sugar, like regular ones just have a lot of sugar added sugars. I would go with the no sugar added ones, but there's a lot of other fruits that are like, oh, you know, added sugar itself. So you want to be aware of those ones on that kind of standpoint. Now, also don't be fooled by packaging, right? So a lot of packaging sells sometimes they make it a little colorful like this and they show the fruits and everything like that, like the blueberries and this kind of standpoint and maybe with real fruit, you want that to trick you into being like, oh my God, that's like, you know, very healthy, but in reality, it's not, right? So want to make sure that we are also like fat-free, gluten-free, no preservatives. So it makes it look like it's really, really healthy snack but when it's really not, right? So that's why we always look pretty much in the ingredient kind of list. Also a big one I do kind of look for right away is like the kind of sugar content. That's because like, um, it's probably a lot of added sugars. And if I see it's only high, high sugars like that right away, chances are it's a lot of added sugars. Then you look at the ingredient list, pretty much like right away, it is sugars on the very, very top, right? So that wouldn't really be much of a healthy kind of food. Now Cheetos, this one, they're trying to make it look healthy. See so made with real cheese. I mean, some people think cheese is healthy, but most people are actually slightly lactose intolerant. And that standpoint, we're not made to really digest it. And as we grow older too as well, we lack the enzyme lactase to really break down the lactose. And that's why as we kind of grow older, we probably have a hard time digesting dairy. Now, made with real cheese. So every product, like I mentioned, is trying to make it seem more healthy. Even with Cheetos right over here, you know, they're like, hey, we're made with real cheese. We're great. Look at that, right? And guaranteed fresh, I see over here, all these packages are trying to seem more kind of obviously healthy in that kind of standpoint and really draw you towards that. So you guys really do want to pay attention to that one. Now for this one over here, going right into the ingredients right again, we're looking at all this stuff on this kind of standpoint. Now, you might not know a lot of the ingredients over there and that's fine, right? But if there's some really like random names themselves, like let's kind of go down some lists over here. Monosodium glutamate, yeah, it's not very great. So I know what that one is, but let's say you didn't really know what it was and chances are it's probably not gonna be the greatest for you, right? If it's have a hard time pronouncing it, red 40 lake, yellow six lake, like that doesn't really doesn't sound great for you, right? So a lot of these things over here, you want to check the ingredient count list. And if you scroll all the way to the bottom, you're like, oh, whey protein concentrate, that's great. But that's like the very, 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 very bottom itself. And it has one gram of protein. So don't be like, oh, that's a healthy food now, right? That's protein powder. Right, always from the very top itself, that's pretty much has most of. And even if you really don't know what it is, you could even Google it. And a lot of this stuff, like thiamine, thi thi I don't even know what this one is, or mononitrate. That's why I know that one is riboflavin. I don't know what that is, but a lot of stuff is not very great. So you can just Google it in last case scenario. So generally, the foods that are healthier, you probably know the names of. That's what I'm gonna say, first of all. So if you don't really know any of the names, chances are that's not really quote unquote like healthy food. So you should eat less of these foods, not necessarily cut them all off, but someone wanted to know what the fake healthy kind of food was. Now, I do want to cover one more because this one's very, very uh, big, oatmeal. All right, oatmeal, everybody thinks oatmeal is very healthy, but when we look at these kind of packs themselves and it's you know, deemed really healthy in that standpoint, 100% whole grain, oats, the fiber, no corn syrup, and no artificial preserved sweeteners. If we look at the actual kind of standpoints and we compare that with a regular one, 
this is a plain oats versus like the apple and cinnamon one. You see right away has quite a bit of added sugars, eight grams right away over there. In total, it is 1100 grams of sugar. And they just, the, pretty much the second ingredient is sugars over here and dried apples. Now, dried apples, not bad, just a little more calorie dense because dried foods are gonna be a little more calorie dense in that standpoint, not fill you up. But second one is sugar right away. And you'd be better off just pan the plain oats. I don't know, using some protein powder, mix that with that or some zero calorie flavor drops or something like that itself that are gonna kind of not have that shit ton of sugar and it's adding apples themselves, right? So that's comparison with the plain, also the like the apple one off here. So last but not least is unexpected foods with added sugar, kind of covered that earlier. A lot of shit is gonna have like a lot of added sugar, like condiments, like even like your ketchup over there, like your bread, people add a lot of sugar to bread, which I found out the hard way, and fat-free products, pizza, peanut butter even, it's usually generally a little less but does have a little bit. You don't, probably don't have to worry about that one much. And marinara sauce, like cereals, a lot of cereals have a lot of added sugars. Yes, I do eat my cereal with my post-workout meal. Like I'm eating less overall for the day. That's more of my fun food, I'm gonna call it. Dried fruit itself, a lot more kind of added sugars. You might even say fruits and you'll be like, oh, it's healthy. But when we look at the dried kind of standpoints or canned fruit itself, you might be like, oh, it's fruit once again. We have a little added sugar. It's not gonna be very great for you, right? We're better off with just a regular one. Not kind of aspect, or even yogurts, a lot of yogurts too, as well. Like, I remember having a lot of yogurts as a kid, and even some Greek yogurts because Greek yogurts usually deem as the better one. And I get people to eat a lot of Greek yogurt, it's great for you. Probiotics, good for gut health, whatsoever. So, that kind of covers that. So, make sure those are kind of being looked at. Now, in terms of the next kind of thing, since I stopped sharing my screen over here, is going to anybody have any questions on that, by the way? That was kind of a little longer, longer winded one. All right, so I guess no questions that one. If you do, drop the chat or speak up over here. All right, so next up is going to be alcohol. Alcohol and how does it affect your progress, basically, and calories and macros? Because I used to drink a lot, like a lot, a lot for a small period of time, though. I think it was about like three months. And then kind of had my end of my party phase. So I do have a shit ton of alcohol right now in, in my apartment. Probably 10 bottles because I used to buy like two, it was like a bottle a week or something like that. Which whatever felt like it. And then I just kind of clicked cold turkey. So I have like 10 bottles for decoration right now. I haven't touched them ever since. So yeah, no, a lot of alcohol is another still decoration. But calories from alcohol is actually very high. Now, one gram of alcohol has seven calories. Now you'd be like, oh, that's less than fat though. But yes, it is less than fat. But that means like a single serving of alcohol over here has quite a lot more calories than you might think. So let's just say, for example, like a beer, right? Because a lot of people like beers themselves. Like a 12-ounce beer has about like 150 calories. Uh, Five-ounce glass of wine has about 120 calories. And also like a one-and-a-half-ounce shot of spirits is about 100 calories, right? And when you think about shots themselves, you know, when you're at the parties or go out with the friends kind of, you know, getting drunk, they would slam like shots on shots on shots on shots right after each other. So when you're kind of doing that, it all adds up, right? Like I remember some of my friends were taking like 20 shots and they're hardcore. Me, I'm a lightweight. I do like three shots and I'm like passed out on the couch. But <laughs> besides that point, they're having like 2000 calories just right then and there from just solely the shots, right? And from, oh yeah, my buddies called me was like cheap entertainment because of that. <laughs> besides the kind of standpoints, the shots really do add up and you don't really think about them too as well because they just kind of go down really fast. And uh, yeah, and it's more of like a race to kind of finish it. So 
with that kind of standpoint, they really do add up, and you have to really be aware of that. Now, the macros from alcohol don't contain any of the protein, fats, or fibers, and that means when you consume alcohol, you're not getting any macronutrients to your body, and it's literally just empty calories. Now, the thing with alcohol that's really, really interesting is because alcohol is like a toxin to your body. So once the alcohol enters your body, it doesn't care about that chicken breast you ate earlier. It doesn't care about the protein fat you ate earlier. It doesn't care about the rice you ate earlier. It cares about the alcohol. So it's going to prioritize burning the alcohol over everything else. Even if you had like pizza in our earlier and it's still adjusting, it's, it sends the alcohol in your system. It's going to prioritize burning that. And remember, these are empty calories. You're not getting any nutritional value from that kind of standpoint too as well. So you're probably going to feel more bloated in that kind of standpoint because remember this, your, your pizza is not being digested now and the alcohol is actually being digested because it's trying to process those calories from the alcohol because it's trying to get rid of this toxin, right? Otherwise, if you don't get rid of this toxin, you'd be drunk like the 24-7. You're drunk all the time because that's how your body burns it off. That's why you don't, you know, you need that. Just keep sustaining the alcohol to stay drunk. Hopefully that makes sense over there. Now, with that being said too as well, this can impact your overall nutrient absorption, right? Because without all the extra like micronutrients or any actual nutrients of cells you get from other foods like your chicken breast or broccoli or rice, or even that granola bar that has more nutrients than alcohol, you're, you're going to be deficient probably in a lot of other nutrients because literally you're just getting nothing of alcohol, pure nothing. It's just a toxin. Now, lastly, is going to be the appetite. So when it comes to the appetite itself, like I know a lot of my buddies, I remember when I was in Houston, I think like a month ago, <laughs> they were talking about like drunk foods. And I actually, when I did drink, I never had that increased appetite. I was just, I guess, too drunk for my three shots I took and passed out. Then I was like, okay, I can't really eat. But my all my buddies right after uh, they go clubbing, they went drinking. They always, I remember they were like, yo, let's go to this pizza place. And they're still hungry and still hungry and kept ordering more food. I just sat there and watched them and stuff. And they kept asking for one of food. I'm like, no, I'm good. Because I ate before I went out. But they ordered, like, I think it's my one of my buddies ordered two slices of pizza, got a cheesecake. And then after that, he was like, the other buddies, like, oh, you want to get some more? And they went up for another round and got another two slices and, and like another cheesecake and a cookie on top of that one, right? So I, yeah, their appetite definitely increased in that kind of standpoint. I've seen it firsthand. I'll see my other buddies when I was drinking too as well. I always order like McDonald's or the drunk foods, what they call them, <laughs> and just eat and eat and eat. And this overeating and consuming more calories than you need is a problem, right? Because one, like went back to earlier, when the alcohol is in your system, it's not going to adjust that Big Mac you just had now. And it's also not going to adjust the other foods. It's just going to try to burn off the alcohol. And you're probably still feeling, feeling that Big Mac later on when you wake up digesting that and you're definitely going to be weighing heavier on the scale too as well and just over consuming the calories that's going to lead to a lot more kind of fat gain because literally it's just calories on top of that one so this all these extra calories that is a big problem right on top of the empty calories you have from all the shots you took it's kind of doubles down and lastly actually for one more point it's hormones so alcohol is known to pretty much increase your testosterone over there and testosterone is very unbog so if we have lower testosterone kind of levels itself, we're not going to be able to really build that muscle as you have a hard time actually changing your body. And also your sleep kind of side of things, alcohol really affects your sleep and how much deep sleep you do get and the quality of sleep. I went over this pretty much the first training and that's going to affect a lot of your hormones too as well. So your ghrelin might be up the next day. You might feel a lot more hungry, you might feel more groggy. And with extra hunger, you might overeat for the next day too as well, following that one. And that could be a problem. Now, I don't want to be like just absolutely no alcohol at all, but when you are going out to drink, you want to make sure that let's just say 
you are lowering your calorie intake before that or having more protein, especially just filling up on that because alcohol is empty calories, right? No protein, no carbs, no fiber, no nothing. So you want to eat just like generally more protein and just like vegetables before you go and drink and not slam yourself like 20 shots, right? Just drink a little like, you know, maybe like a mixed drink or two and carry that through tonight versus just slamming down the shots and having all those beers. So hopefully that makes sense over there. Alcohol is a big pop popular topic. And yeah, so hopefully you guys understood that one. Anybody have a question on the alcohol? No. Okay. All right. So lastly is bulking versus cutting. So what is bulking and what is cutting? Let's kind of go through that process. Most of you do have probably a general idea of what it is. But let's kind of go over it in the basic kind of standpoint and why we are do these kind of phases. So bulking is basically the phase of fitness program, which we're trying to gain muscle mass, like really focus on this process more so and increase like the body weight. Now, generally, this is for people who are, you know, like skinnier in that kind of sense, or when they look themselves in the mirror, they feel kind of small. Now, during this phase, typically consume and are in a calorie surplus, basically meaning eat more calories than you burn to provide your body with the necessary energy and nutrients to build this extra muscle, right? Now, you can absolutely build muscle in a calorie deficit, especially, especially if you're starting off with lifting in like the first year and like the year and a half, one year and a half itself and lose fat and build muscle exact same time. Like that's probably golden key one, like lose fat, build muscle. There's also other scenarios, but that's like the absolute number one, biggest one for sure. And you will see the most progress no matter what. And that pretty much like the first one and a half years of lifting side of things because you never had these stimuluses before. Now, while bulk, it's common to gain some body fat along with muscle mass. So that's a big thing that people kind of are scared of. And quite frankly, I have that kind of fear too as well when I was bulking. And I was really kind of staying away from it for a good little while, especially when I got more into social media and was more into like the coaching side of things because I was afraid of judgment and as being straight because any kind of body fat I got, I had this little like thought inside my mind where I was like, oh man, I'm going to, you know, I see all these comments over here being like, oh, it's fat, even though I gained like 2% body fat more or something like that. So it's just more of like an internal kind of thought itself. But when you're bulking through as well and actually put more emphasis in this calorie kind of surplus, then you're able to grow more muscle more efficiently, right? Because when you're in deficits, if you kind of think about this like a standpoint in terms of your body, it's taking energy away from your body, right? So we have this less energy, we're not be able to lift as much weight, and we're also having less energy to actually build this muscle. All right, so something in the comments over here from Ed, do you think any fast food chain is good for cutting or bulking while staying under uh, the cuts or setting it over the bulk. I feel like a lot of fast food chains do have some menu items that are great, right? Not just like one fast food chain in particular, but there's specific menu items. So remember that is, let's just say like Chick-fil-A or actually I'm going to pull up this little kind of guide in me too as well. So it's like a little like eating out guide. So I'm going to pull that up over here and screen share that one. So basically these are kind of foods that I could do recommend to eat, these are from different kind of places. Now, when you look at like pretty much menu or even go online, that kind of standpoint, you could generally see different calories and options. I think you see my screen now. So you can generally see more the calorie options and also the foods that are all listed on the website. On that kind of standpoint, you guys get a better, better reference. So Dunkin' Donuts has like one over here, I remember this, egg whites and veggie omelet bites. 
right? I personally never tried one because I don't have a Dunkin' Donuts up here in Canada. And when I was in the States, I had the donut, not the actual, you know, like white and veggie on my bites because I wanted to try Dunkin' Donut. But that was pretty great. Yeah, for like two bites itself, 180 calories, 13 grams of protein, 11 grams of fat, 7 grams of carb itself. So overall, and just the portion kind of get for 180 calories, it's pretty great. And uh, McDonald's has like oatmeal and diced like apples from that kind of standpoint. Now, I personally wouldn't get this one, but that is one of the better things at McDonald's. Or get like a grilled chicken wrap too as well. Uh, just one kind of example. Or even like Chipotle. Chipotle is a big popular one itself. If you kind of get this kind of bowl with these ingredients itself, just like the, the burrito bowl, which kind of have all this. And the main thing is like chicken and like fajita vegetables, cheese only, pico, salsa, romaine lettuce. It could be like three ten calories, good amount of protein, pretty low in fat, decently. So maybe that's with cheese too as well. So for the whole kind of bowl, that's pretty good macros over there. Now, Chick-fil-A is probably one of my go-to, more of my more favorite ones, just because of taste-wise too. So like egg white grill, like folded egg whites, it's pretty great. Now, if you guys don't like that one, there's also the grilled chicken sandwich. Um, we could do that for Wendy's, but also Chick-fil-A too as well. I think I have another photo. But Panda Express, Panda Express has some great options itself. If you go with more like the lean kind of chicken, this is for eating out. So I know it's a little bit high in the fat still, uh, but it's also a teriyaki chicken, which is pretty great. Just if you really don't know, you could always use my fitness pal too as well and search it up. Generally, the leaner meats you might know by now are like the chicken, especially like chicken breast. Or you do go out to eat, it's like a shrimp, fish, chicken. Generally, those are leaner options, especially if they're not deep fried itself. Uh, then you're probably gonna go, you can go check all those ones out and see how many like, calories it is, see if it's a good one. So that's a good one mushroom chicken, also like power greens or teriyaki chicken, and get some greens over there. Uh, even love, I mean, the rice portions are pretty huge, depending on how many calories you have for carbs. Also, Wendy's grilled chicken sandwich uh, with the no sauce. I know you could add sauce if you do want to, a little apple bites if you really want to. And grilled chicken nuggets. Oh, yes, grilled chicken nuggets are amazing. Uh, this is the one grilled chicken sandwich from Chick fil A grilled chicken nuggets, and this is absolutely amazing. Uh, the macros are insane too as well, actually. 41.8 grams of protein, 4.4 grams of fat, the carbs over here. Even went to Nando's. Nando's had like this grilled chicken sandwich, and that was absolutely amazing. It had like 37 grams of protein, and it was like 380, 380 calories, excuse me, and I was only like six grams of fat. That thing tastes absolutely amazing. Even from Nando's. If you've ever been to Nando's, highly recommend now, you guys could go with like a McChicken to as well with no mayo. It's not as, as great from that kind of standpoint, but uh, I wouldn't use like the mayo. They put a shit ton of mayo over there. That really adds up for their kind of sauce. We go really, really light. Um, but yeah, so these are kind of some foods you can eat on that kind of aspect to kind of eat out and lose weight still. I forgot this where this was from, but I made this a while ago. Oh, Jersey Mike's, yes. Jersey Mike's themselves, even with like, if you get these kind of size turkey promo and sub, and the bowl, or even like a chicken kind of sub, double the meat or something like that, those would all be great options. All right, so, so sticking to the leanest options in a faster change, should you find while counting calories? Absolutely, so yeah, so you should probably know the like leaner kind of source of protein now, like chicken, shrimp, like fish, especially like white fish itself, um, are generally like the leaner kind of options itself, and you guys should kind of stick more towards that if you are eating out, and like, I guess egg whites too, but not as many places have egg whites, if you get like a really lean steak or something like that, that could be good too as well. But if you guys go with like, let's say pork or like the beef itself, generally there's like a lot higher calories, especially restaurants, because they use like the highest fat version because that's usually the tastiest version. 
And like even with the beef patty, that's probably why it tastes a lot better. And trying to come back. Also, MSG is something to add into a lot of foods. That's like more of like a addi- additive that makes you really addicted to the food. <laughs> that's a big reason why you really kind of get hooked in on those foods as well. So hopefully that kind of helps over there. Now cutting, let's go back to cutting though. So cutting is the phase of the fitness program. Hopefully I answered your question though, Ed. If you do have any more questions, let me know. Cutting is a phase of the program, basically, in which your goal is to reduce your body fat and achieve a leaner physique. So during this phase, you typically consume less calories. Being in a deficit, basically meaning you eat fewer calories than you burn throughout fat loss, right? This is what most people kind of come to me towards. This is what most people in the world are trying to do, right? Is basically cuts, right? The goal with reducing body fat and achieving this leaner physique. Now, it all sounds really simple and it's all is really simple at the end of the day, but many people kind of struggle with that one. And there's a problem with that. And I can explain that for a second. But in addition to consuming and being calorie deficit, the goal is to reduce body fat while preserving muscle mass, right? So prefer pre- preserving muscle mass or even possibly gaining it. Because you guys just, let's just say, lose weight, so that could be coming off from the muscle and your body fat pretty much will stay the same too as well. Because if you kind of lose the body or like muscle mass, your lean body mass goes down and your body fat will stay the same because you're losing lean body mass, not actual fat. So it does make sense, two kind of different things. Now, cutting is such a simple process itself that people kind of really have a hard time doing it is because of emotions, right? Now, if we're all robots and follow the exact same plan, it's, I mean, robots don't have to all like the rules of thermodynamics and to lose weight or gain weight because robots just i don't know like 500 pounds he's 500 pounds of light that's probably a bad example but let's say we're all emotionless and just kind of like follow the plan more like that we you know everybody be fit but our emotions themselves kind of dictate a lot of actions and also our hormones kind of dictate some things too as well that's because a lot of way we feel right because you guys feel stress your cortisol is going up and that's a thing too as well right so a lot of it's based off their feelings and you know like emotional eating is obviously a feeling if you binge that's coming from like a feeling itself but the whole process is very simple right now there's obviously a lot of things you guys can do to control these factors and each scenario is a little bit different right but one of the biggest things i kind of realized myself from coaching a lot of people is when we have our goals, we kind of, they're on the back of our mind. When I say the back of our mind is we go through our whole days. Like let's say you go to you wake up, brush your teeth, you cook your food, uh, you go to work and you have, I don't know, maybe kids, something like that. We go through all these different things throughout the day itself. And usually the last thing we're not in the forefront of your mind is like your fitness goals, right? And we constantly kind of bring that one up. Let's just say what some of my clients get them to do is write down their goals kind of daily first thing in the morning to ingrain that. I personally have like a lot of my fitness goals, my business and health goals too as well on pretty much my phone screen background, my laptop screen background. And I just write it down every single day. I'll just have like a vision board on my wall right over there. So this actually really helps. It might seem all like woo-woo and hippy dippy shit, but it's programming the subconscious kind of mind. What I meant subconscious kind of mind is let's just say I pass by a Wendy's, right? But now I have all this, all my goals like right in front of me and like staring my face, constantly reminding me. And next time I drive by the Wendy's, I'm, mo- I'm most likely to be like, oh yes, my goals now, right? Like, you know, that's that's not gonna be aligned with my goals versus let's say you thought about your goals once in the beginning of January and then 
you just kind of drive by on the Wendy's when you're really starving this one day itself. And the only time you thought about your goals being January 1st because of new resolutions, you're probably going to go cave into that one, right? Because your goals are in the back back of your mind over there. We go through the whole day, you have all these other different things going on through your life, and your fitness goals are probably last priority. Might, there might be a goal still, but they're not you know top of mind over there. So we kind of lose sight of that. So it's always kind of programming your mind in that kind of sense, in the subconscious kind of mind is actually very important. Now, you guys might notice too as well, or kind of heard like, um, like the I think it's like the five people who surround yourself the most is become like the sixth person. Like to say you surround yourself with like five millionaires, you're gonna become like the six. So why is that important? It's the same kind of concept. It's the subconscious kind of mind, right? Because you're affected by the people you surround yourself with. You're affected by the things you see and that kind of aspect. So even like social media, when they have always, let's say bombard you with the ads kind of now, Right, it's it's subconsciously you kind of priming you. Right, every time let's say you see a Coke Zero kind of commercial, right, and, and you versus like a Pepsi or something like that, or different, you probably might not see as many other sort of commercials, but you're probably more likely to go for like the Coke Zero next time you're out and you really want something like out carbonate beverage, is because you're programmed subconsciously. You saw it so many times over and over and over again, right? So it's pretty cool. I love the psychology behind that side of things. So it just, oh yeah, sparkling water really helped not drink soda again. That's great, Ed, right? So, but it's always kind of important to really kind of program our subconscious mind. Even things like, if let's say, being a positive mood versus like a good, like a bad mood, that can be kind of programmed too as well, right? And first thing in the morning side of things, if you guys, let's say, listen, I think they did a study on like the type of uh, music people listen to too as well and kind of like um, how they were as like personality kind of traits that was pretty interesting but basically kind of like a rundown is if you guys like say listen to uh, like motivation kind of podcast in the morning or just like something kind of inspiring something good you're probably gonna feel more better subconsciously right away like you probably watched like a motivation video and felt motivated after but if you watch like you know like a sad horror movie something like that you probably don't feel like very motivated or something like that after right so all these things that we do watch and everything like that they program you and make you feel different ways right like for a robot we swatch that so you wouldn't feel any certain ways and now once again those feelings can dictate a lot of things and how we kind of go about our days so very important to make sure pay attention to what we kind of surround yourself with too as well we kind of pay attention to so hopefully this training helped you guys out and that was the end of that training does anybody have any questions on that one Thank you guys for tuning in to the Live to Inspire podcast, the number one podcast for men in the 20s trying to lose weight and get abs the first time. My mission is to inspire others to be the best version of themselves through fitness. So if you guys are tuning into this episode and want to lose weight and get your abs showing for the very first time, then DM me the words abs on Instagram at KevinWoo underscore. That is K-E-V-I-N-W-U-W underscore. And we'll have a chat whether or not I can help you out lose that weight to get your abs showing for the first time. That is the ending of today's episode of the Live to Inspire podcast. If you learned something today, then make sure you hit that subscribe button so you never miss out on an episode. Also, if you leave a written review on this podcast, that'd be greatly appreciated because that pushes this podcast to more people just like you.